Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. How's everybody doing? Did we survive the first week of school? But we are surviving. These guys always put this right here. Y'all watch me every week? Need to put a red dot on that ground for them. Uh, you know, so this morning, I'm really excited uh, about the Word and what God is doing. For, for some of you who don't know, I had the privilege of, of getting to go to Pastors University this last, well, this week. It's still this week. It's all the same week. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana uh, with 53 other pastors uh, sitting under a pastor who has pastored 50 years, and he's giving 50 life lessons from 50 years of ministry. So that's being downloaded, deposited in your pastor, and it's been an awesome week. I feel like it's been that that uh, fire hydrant hose type method. It's like open up, and here's all of this stuff I'm going to give you. So we're believing that that's going to really help the church. It's going to help me. It's going to help us be better leaders, but I, I pray that first and foremost, it would cause the church to be all that God has called it to be. Nothing more and nothing less. So I thank you so much. Uh, the church fronted the bill on that, so you helped me do that. Okay, so thank you so much for, uh, for your willingness uh, to do that. Um, this morning, I'm going to jump right in. The, the title of my message this morning is, is Navigating Your Life to Never Get Lost. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever gotten lost. If you're a man, you probably never admitted it, right? You, you plan to get to a destination, and, and you realize at some point, maybe you took a wrong turn. Um, how many of you have never admitted getting lost? Man, most of the men in here, I don't get lost. If I get lost, it's because my wife told me to go the wrong way or whatever it is, right? Um, so... You know, when we get lost, we got to realize that something was missing. Maybe we took a wrong turn. Maybe we, we don't know why we got there. Um, you know, I remember a long time ago when, when paper maps were popular. You know, I actually looked for those the other day. They still have them. I don't know how they still sell them because nobody uses them. But I remember using the map to figure out where we were. And during our summers, my dad would go on freeways, interstates, different things like that. Well, you would look at the mile marker. Mile markers are your exit numbers on each road, and you would know if you're at mile marker 156 on Interstate 10, then you could figure out on the map where you're at, and I always thought it was super cool to be like, oh, hey, we're right here, and you know, as we'd go to South Carolina, or we'd go to Minnesota, our long voyages across the U.S., I remember looking at those maps as we navigated our path, and we always had a map. We were always looking uh, for the direction of, of what it was leading us to. So today, how many of you know that we have been blessed with technology, Right? You know, I remember when the GPSs got popular and they would stick to your glass window when they were they worked on satellites and different things like that. But the moment you went under a bridge or you got to a dead zone, you know, you'd lose it. You know, so today they've really put those now in where your vehicles and they put it on your cellular device. You know, they've had all this digital navigation, you know, which for each of us, that's a great thing. So we're all equipped with it now. So one thing that I use, it's this this app called Waze. Have you ever used the Waze app? Okay. So the cool thing about a Waze app, what it does, it allows you to 
navigate in a little bit better way. So what do I mean by that? So this app kind of works like Google Maps or Maps on your phone, but what it does, it, it helps you find the quickest route, which how many of you know that's the most important? We want to get to our destination. Secondly, it helps you avoid road hazards. So if you're using this app, now don't cause the hazard and wreck while you're putting it in the device. But, you know, you can, you can report hazards or people ahead of you have already reported the hazard. So you can make sure that you avoid the hazard. Most of the time, it's always right. You know, there's times that it is, there's times that it isn't, but it warns you of a potential hazard. It also warns you for cops. That's one of my favorite. Not saying what that means, what I'm doing, but... It warns me. It says, hey, there's a cop showing up. There's been a police reported, so give you a little brake tap you know, on your brakes if you need to. It gives you all of those warnings. It tracks your speed, and it lets you know if you're going faster than the designated speed. But the whole idea of a navigation system is to get to your destination without getting lost. Amen? Now, how many of you know that when we go on a trip, there's often multiple ways to get to a destination? Usually, right? Now, how many of you know that there are times that, you know, there is a one-way road. If, you, if you, we live in the country, we live, you know, farm-to-market roads, or maybe your house is off the grid to where the pavement ends and the shell banks or the sand or whatever it is begins. That's not normally on a map, and it's usually one way in, one way out. So when that's the case, you got one way to the destination, you got one way out of the destination. But we know that with all these devices, we can take the best route possible, the quickest way possible, get to and from our def destinations with pretty good success. Amen? All right? So we realize that, you know, we get directions, we have understanding, and all of these things from these devices. So this morning, um, we, we realize that there's precision in these maps and navigations and all of these things. So what if this morning... I told you that there's not just a way to navigate your vehicle, but you could actually navigate your life accurately without rerouting, please slow down, that you could navigate your life in a way that, that, that would cause you success. Would that help anybody out this morning if I told you the key to that? Some of you have had a life full of the rerouting, you missed your turn, please turn around and try again, but I was trying, you know, that's just the, sometimes the byproduct of our life. You know, no one likes to get lost not knowing where they're going. You ever done that? I know that sometimes when you drive to a location in the daytime, how many of you know if you drive it at the nighttime, sometimes it's totally different? Man, I think it was three posts and then you take a right or whatever. You know, whatever it is, the country roads are it's crazy. There's not signage everywhere, right? But this is what you need to know. If you're going somewhere you have never been, someone needs to know how to get there. You know, if you didn't know where I live, said, hey, come over to my house. Well, that's great if you know where I live. If you don't know where I live, it's going to take you a while, right? You would not know. So somebody has to know where you're going. Somebody has to know how to get there. So we're going to look at 1 John 14, 6. It says, Jesus answered. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're going to use this scripture, and I really believe this is a guiding scripture. This is a navigating scripture. When I say there is a key that will unlock the navigation of your life to help you be successful, this is the scripture. Because if we look at this scripture, it shows us that he, that he is the way, that he is the truth, and he is the life. So it makes three separate statements, but it refers to who Jesus is. Okay? So we're going to look at three things this morning. We're going to look at, first and foremost, we're going to look at that, that he is the way. So when it says, I am, 
that statement is clarifying who Jesus is. Do we agree with that? I am this, and I am that, and I am this also. He is referring to saying, this is who I am, okay? So that first one, when he says, I am the way, so what is he doing? Number one, he is showing the way, okay? So when we talk about showing the way, that's navigating. Because if I'm following Jesus and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to get there, it's important that Jesus shows me the way. Also, we know that as the disciples were called, what were they called to do? They were called to follow, right? You know, so there was some type of, it wasn't just like, hey, follow me. Stay right, and and then just, we passively stay there. We don't go anywhere. That, That was not what, there was a pursuit. There was steps. There was following. So as long as we kept our eyes on, they kept their eyes on Jesus, they could figure out where he's going. You know, so navigation is a lot like that. You know, you know, the Holy Spirit inside of us will lead us and guide us, but there has to be a following. There has to be a proactiveness. You can never get to your destination by sitting still. You know, it's like this morning. If you said, you know what, honey, let's go to church. Y'all get ready. You get dressed. Everybody's in the car, and you just leave the car and park. Well, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, right? You don't ever go anywhere. You don't ever engage the car. You don't ever move from that location. You know, that, that's, that's the equivalent of saying, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. A lot of us are just in park in our car, and we're not following Jesus. So for you, it's real easy. How many of you know it's not hard to get lost in your parking lot? If I'm sitting in my driveway, I'm never going to get lost. But sometimes going to and from where I'm going, but if I don't know where I'm going, there is the potential to get lost. But let's suppose I know where I'm going. If I know where I'm going or somebody knows where I'm going or our GPS knows where we're going, the likelihood of being shown the way is going to be very successful. Okay? We have to realize, with Jesus, though, sometimes it's a one-way road. There's not a lot of options. I know that, you know, sometimes in Bay City, you know, if the, you know and especially right now with schools, how many of you know you're figuring out real quick which roads to avoid? Don't go that way. You will be gridlocked and you can't go anywhere. Hey, avoid that whole area. Don't go there. If you haven't experienced that or you don't have kids, God bless you. You know, I went with Becky. Luckily, she was driving, and I was sitting there playing on my phone. I was like, hey, check this out. She's like, I can't do that. I'm in the school zone. I was like, okay, well, then don't worry about it. I'll keep playing on my phone because I wasn't driving. So it was really relaxing for me, but for her, it was stressful, making sure she was going the right way. But, you know, in following Jesus, it's almost like once you commit to it, he doesn't really let us get a way out. It's a one-way road. You know, it's like if you're going through a, you know, I remember when we were in Africa, there were roads that we would cross that, you know, during the rainy season, it would wash out the road. And literally, you're, you're just driving on two little elevated sections, and there's a huge divot below you and to the side of you. There's one way in and one way out. I can't say, oh, let me take an exit and go back the little duca stand over here and give me a soda it's game over once you've committed to the course you have to keep the course and if i'm not careful i can run off the road so there has to be attention to detail in the way that we go in the travel paths that we take but god puts us sometimes on a one-way road he wants us to keep our focus on what he's asking us to pursue but we may say lord i don't know the way it's okay Because he says, I am the way. That is who he is. So as he shows us the way, we got to remember, Jesus is showing us who he is. So when he shows us, he is navigating every step we take. It's okay to say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And it's in that moment of surrender of saying, Lord, I don't know what to do, that he'll show us the way. Okay? 
Jesus says, I am actually the only way, so that it's through, through him only that we can get to the Father. So we have to realize this, that Jesus is the only way to the Father. So as we look at our life and what we're pursuing, the way is through Jesus. Okay? So Jesus didn't only show us the way, but he actually made a way through the cross. We have to realize that the cross was the bridge to the Father, and sin, sin separate us, separate us, actually separated us from God. Do we realize, you know, using that Africa example, you know, there's places where it's completely washed out or is untraversable at certain times in the year. Do you realize that the gap between us and God was unpassable? You know, got to a dead end. We couldn't make it. We couldn't get to the other side. We were there with our vehicle. We were there trying to make it on our own. But there is no way to make it. The chasm is huge before us. But it has, there, there has to be a bridge built on the shoulders of someone. And the someone was Jesus. He stretched his arms to his left and his right. And he made the way for us. He showed us the way. And it was through him. Do you realize that a lifetime's worth of effort won't qualify you to be good enough to make it to heaven? You can be good every day of your life. You can say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, make straight A's and still fall short of the glory of God. It has nothing to do with what you do, but it has everything to do with what Jesus did. So as we keep our eyes fi fixed on Jesus, we will realize that the way is laid before us. He gives us that navigation. He gives us that compass of life that shows us and leads us into what we're to do. You know, I remember a long time ago when I was younger, me and my dad went duck hunting, and we were in the salt marsh that's back behind the beach. Not just everybody goes to the salt marsh behind. You're, you're either going to mess up your truck, you're going to get salt water everywhere, or you're going to be a duck hunter. That's about your only options if you're going back there. Maybe you're finding a fishing hole or whatever you're doing. But one day we got back there and we got stuck. So I started thinking, who in the world can come get me? But I couldn't say, hey, here's my, here's, here's my address. Come and get me. Because I was 100% off the grid. Now, I didn't know at that time, which they have it now, hey, you can drop a pin and it'll actually send you to your location and I can send you that location you can come find me. So this is before modern ways and all of these cool devices. All I could do was call and say, hey, here's where we're at. Go past this first windmill about another mile and a half. So I called a guy. So the first person I called knew that area. That was the first thing. You don't just call. Like if I called you, hey, Robert, come get me. I'm, behind the, I'm past the first windmill. You're like, dude, what windmill are you talking about? You might not know that there's even a windmill there, right? You know, so I had to call someone that I knew was familiar with the area. Secondly, I had to call somebody that I know could get to my location. And thirdly, I had to make sure they would get me out. So as we were duck hunting, my truck slid into the salt marsh and we were stuck. I could not get out. I could not budge my truck. My dad is furious at me. Well, why didn't you? I don't know why. You know, you think I got stuck on purpose. You know, the whole, you start getting it when you're frustrated and you can't do anything and Man, we had plenty of food, plenty of water, and we were full-grown men, so we could have lasted a long time. We weren't going to go anywhere anytime soon, but I remember that we waited, and we waited, and, you know, it started to get dark, so then I started getting a little nervous. I was like, how in the, I can't, what am I supposed to do, you know, like, I didn't know if it was safe to keep the truck running, because it was like 
grounded out in the mud, so I didn't want to run my truck. But then I said, well, if I just turn on my headlights, then maybe I'm going to run down my battery. So I waited, and I said, hey, man, call me when you get close. So he said, all right, man, I'm coming. Man, felt like forever, right? Whenever you're coming to get rescued, it's like they can't come fast enough. So I remember when I finally saw his headlights coming over the salt marsh, and he began to get close. What I did to help him figure out the way, we did have a flashlight, like a spotlight Q-beam. So we just stood up on the back of the truck, and I started going like this. He's a long ways away, but how many of you know light travels a long way? So I couldn't tell him where I was. But I said, hey, man, you see my flashlight? He says, yeah, I see your flashlight. As soon as that happened, I knew we were going to be okay. Because we showed the way to where we, were, where we were at. And in that moment of rescue, you know, he, he showed up. He looked at me and said, man, you're really stuck. He said, I did that one time, and I had another guy come and pull me out. So he had this cool strap that was kind of like this rubber band thing. It wasn't just a hard pull, but that thing kind of stretches, and then it kind of rubber bands you out. It was really cool. He said, oh, I got you, man. Pulled me out. Got out, got on the road, and I don't know if my dad ever went duck hunting with me again. But we realize that the way is shown, right? Navigation. So first and foremost, to help us from getting lost, he navigates us. If I'd have known that salt marsh was there, you think I would have went anywhere near it? Ways didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me when I hit the brake I was going to slide for 15 feet and land in the marsh. All right. If you've ever done that, you know what I'm talking about. If you never have, don't do it. All right. Four-wheel drive doesn't mean that you won't get stuck. You'll just get stuck further away from home. That's the rule. So how to not get lost by navigating your way. He shows us the way because he is the way, so he gives us navigation. Number two, he reveals truth. Right? So he says, he says that, you know, I am the way and I am the truth. So he is a revealer of truth. So what do I mean when I say that he reveals truth, he illuminates the details of our life. He'll show us. How many of you know when the lights are turned on, it, ma- it makes all the difference sometimes? You know, if it was like I turned off all of the lights in this sanctuary, said, hey, cut all the lights, and you've never been in here, and I tried to explain to you, well, this is what our platform looks like, and here's what our pulpit looks like, and here's what our chairs look like, and here's what our stage looks like. I mean, I, if I do a good enough job communicating it, you may be able to kind of visually understand what I'm talking about. But what happens when I turn on the lights? Ah, you get that awe factor, right? It's like explaining baseball. Have you ever tried to explain baseball to someone? Yes? It's, if you never have, it's very difficult, the rules, the plays, how it works. You know what's the number one way to teach somebody baseball? Let them see the game. Illuminate the, 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 the game. Show them what's going on, Okay. So we have to realize that in, in Revelation, you know, that he, he gives us revelation, he illuminates, he reveals truth. So we have to realize that the nature and character of God and Jesus are exactly the same. You've got to know that. that. It's not that God is this way and Jesus is this way and the Holy Spirit is this way. They are, their nature is exactly the same. Okay? So in, in Titus 1-2, it says, This truth gives them confidence that we have eternal life, which God, who does not lie promise them before the world begins. So right there, so from that passage, we realize that God does not lie. You know, Robert did a great job talking about the attributes of who God was. If you did not hear that message, you should go back and listen to it. I highly recommend it last week. But the attributes of God, we got to realize that God does not lie, okay? So if we're going to, if he is the revealer of truth, it's important to know that he does not lie because if he lies, then is truth really the truth, okay? 
So if we keep looking at that, so God does not lie, therefore Jesus does not lie. So he has to tell the truth. But actually, you know what it says? It says that he actually is truth. Okay? So God always keeps his promises. So Jesus keeps his promises to us. He is faithful. Okay? So if we, if we take it a step further and we look at Jesus and we look at the Holy Spirit, in John 16, 13, it says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. So the Holy Spirit's responsibility and goal is to lead you into all truth. It's to reveal. It's to reveal truth. It's to give you revelation. It is to illuminate those potholes in your life. Any of y'all got bad Bay City potholes down your road? Say, where are them tax dollars going, right? You're like, come on. Now, you can avoid them sometimes. Sometimes it's like a Swiss cheese road where it's almost impossible to avoid the potholes. But let's say you have a road with one pothole and you know it's bad. I know that the the crossing right there at uh, McDonald's, if you go to the left, it's horrible. If you go to the right, you're going to keep your shocks and your suspension intact, right? So you go you and you start realizing that hey, if I go this way, I'm going to hit a pothole. But if I go this way, I know that I won't hit the pothole. That's the illumination I'm talking about. How many of you have ever hit a spiritual emotional, financial pothole. It happens, right? So if we have illumination, perhaps we can avoid some of them. It's inevitable to to avoid all of them. That's just a part of life. But God can strategically show you some of those areas by illuminating things in your life if we allow Him. So He can show us, first and foremost, which road to take. So if we're taking the right road, guess what? We might not even go on that road that has the potholes. Well, let's say we said, ah, forget this navigation thing. I'm going to go my own way. So then we took a road that has all these potholes in it, but we didn't listen to the navigation. We said, I'm going to go my own way. So then now he wants to try to illuminate something in your life. He says, watch out for that pothole. Don't tell me how to. By that time, you hit the pothole. You ever had that? Don't tell me how to drive. And it's too late. Sometimes we think our wives are the enemy, but they're trying to save the vehicle and ourselves, right? Or our children in the car, whatever it is. You know, my wife actually yelled at me this time. Usually I just say, hey, take a left here. And uh, she goes, I'm driving. I said, ooh, baby. She, ne- she never tells me what to say. I said, man. I was... But you know what I asked her? Would well, you have your blinker on? She goes, well, no. I said, That's why I told you to go left. I thought you were going straight. You didn't have your blinker on. But I didn't say nothing. I shut up. So she's already mad that I told her to take a left. She didn't have her blinker on. I'm not going to address this. She didn't have her blinker on. You know, she fusses at me all the time. Well, if you don't have your blinker on, they don't know you're moving over. Baby, your blinker wasn't on, but I love you. Right? So we got to realize that, you know, this navigating, this, this illumination, all of these things, right? That, uh, that he'll guide you into all truth. Oh, so let's look at John 18, 37. It says, this is what Jesus' purpose was. He says, in fact, the reason I was born, this is talking about Jesus, and came into the world was to testify to the truth. So one was to reveal what truth was. The other one was to testify what truth is. So we see these working hand in hand where he is a revealer of truth. He is illuminating. He wants to give revelation. How many of you know it's a lot better to learn by revelation than it is circumstance? Now, let me explain what that means. You can learn from my own stupidity or you can learn the stupid way and do the exact same thing. Now, my goal in parenting is to allow my kids to not do the stupid things that I did and learn from those, and hopefully they don't hit as many life potholes. Now, I know there's some growing pains in there, right, because it's inevitable. But if I can illuminate, if I can show revelation, if I can, and you may say, I don't have a whole lot of wisdom. 
I don't know what to do. It's okay. Jesus does. He says, I am the truth. I will show you the truth. I will show you what you need to be successful in life or you'll never get lost. Most of the time when we get lost, we did not pay attention to the instructions. We did not pay, pay attention to the details. How many of you know on these GPSs, it tells you way ahead of time before you turn? Now, you may not listen to it, or you may have turned it down, or you may have just been hanging out, just icing the brain is what I call it, those long freeway miles. You're just like, well, you know, your turn was right. Oh, they wouldn't even pay attention to the GPS. Yeah. Or, you, or you don't even hear it until it says, please turn around. It's like, what happened? Right? But he will illuminate those things in our life. So the definition of reveals, it actually means to make previously unknown a secret information known to others. So it's, re it's revealing a secret. It's revealing something that we may have not known. Um, so when we talk about revealing the truth, so I may date myself. And I think some of this is before when I was young. I barely remember it, but it was really cool. How many of you remember when there was a lot of toys always in the cereal boxes? Do you young kids know anything about that? Or you're like, we just eat the cereal or we don't even eat cereal anymore. Right. You know, but I remember when there was toys in the cereal box and it would say, hey, this is what's in here. Oh, man. And my mom would bust us because like what we want to do is like we get cereal and we kind of pour. But we I got it. No, you got to wait till it comes out in the bowl. I mean, you know, we just that, that's all we cared about. We didn't care. Now everybody's fighting over the cartoon cereal or the most, you know, the, the cereal they like. We were after the prize. Right. So I remember growing up that in these prize boxes, there was this there was this one that would have a. Inside of it, this decoder ring. Y'all remember those? I mean, this is a long time. This is like, I remember. I would look for the boxes with the decoder ring, but I hardly ever find it. But I remember the stories of this decoder ring, and on the back of the cereal boxes, it would actually have this code, but you couldn't unlock the code without the decoder ring. You would see it, and it was like, man, this doesn't even make sense. This isn't even normal English. Oh, I need the decoder ring. It's in the box, so, you know. Mom, it was on the top, and we pull the decoder ring out, right? So, so we pull it out, and we are able to decode the message because of the decoder ring. I was thinking about this other one. You remember those red lenses, those red decoder glasses that, you would, that would cause the image to come into focus? Those were the coolest things. Some of you young kids are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's probably like vintage stuff you're going to find like in an antique shop now probably. But what both of these things did, they revealed the truth. They showed what was there when you didn't realize it was there. It deciphered an, a, a phrase and it revealed what it was. It showed all of these things and brought into clarity uh, um, what it was. So you had, the, you had those glasses and you had those things. But, you know, Matthew eleven twenty five it says that he has actually hidden certain things from those who don't know him, those who are, who are wise, but he has revealed his truths to children. His scripture is geared for the believer, not the unbeliever. The unbeliever thinks that scripture is chaos. Have you, did, you, did you notice that before you were saved, the scripture really didn't make sense to you? And when you came into a relationship with Jesus, you would read stuff and all of a sudden it would make sense? He is a revealer of truth. How do we know what truth is? The word is truth. The Bible is our roadmap. He's given us everything that we need to be successful in life. If we got lost, you know whose fault it is? It's our own fault. Because he's given more than enough to travel successfully. He reveals the road before us, and he shows us the way. So we've got to realize, he gives us navigation. He illuminates what we need to see. All right, number three, he gives life. Okay? So it says that, you know, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except through the Father. So we see that he's shown us the way, that he gives us truth, but he is the life. So when we talk about gives life, you know, he is the giver of salvation. All right? So if we look at that, you know, do you realize that we go through life with no significance, really, no real significance until we find Jesus? And I, and I, would, I would challenge those who don't know Jesus. You ask them the question, hey, what, what type of significance do you feel that you're achieving in life? Now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revolve around natural things, bigger houses, more money, big toys. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be things that really burn up and have no eternal value. In the scales of heaven, they're really pointless. They're just fun things here while we're on the earth. But, you know, until you come to find Jesus, life is really pointless. But then once we find Jesus, life is full of meaning and purpose. Right? So we know that when we come to find Jesus, man, we're going to have to move. We're going to have to navigate. We're going to need some illumination in our life. You know, he's need to, he needs to lead us and show us, show us what truth is. But that he gives life. So John 4.10, that's the story of the woman at the well. You know, we see in this story, I'm just going to quick tell you about it, is, you know, this lady was drawing natural water from a well to fill a practical, physical need. And Jesus shows up, and he was always trying to tie in whatever you're doing with something spiritual. And he says, if you knew the water that I have to give you, that when you drink of that water, you will never thirst again, you would ask for it. Now, that talk about a loaded question, right? Because you know at that point, well, I want this water. Well, tell me where. Is it a different well than this one? Because every time I've drawn water out of this well, I've been thirsty again, right? But, but we realize that he was showing the way to salvation. He was gearing towards those things that were eternal. John six sixty three. it says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. So once again, we see that the word is what illuminates. The word is what brings salvation. The word is what has power. The word is what has power. John 5, 21, it says, for just as the father raised the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. So when we look at that passage, do you realize he, it actually brings him pleasure to give us life. You know, he has not made it. You know, he, he's, he's actually probably made salvation easier than getting that prize out of that cereal box. Well, it's full because, you know, you're shaking. and they may, I mean, I remember sometimes that decoder ring, you're going to think they forgot to put it in the box. It's things like this big. When in the commercial, it advertises something way better. Right? You might miss it. But he has made salvation so easy. And that is where true life happens. He's pleased and it brings him desire to give us life. You know, um, in life, sometimes our lives, they can kind of relate to. Have you all ever bought rechargeable batteries or you've ever used rechargeable batteries? Right. We use them every single Sunday. I'm running on rechargeable batteries right now. So we know that if we keep the batteries charged, they continue to function like they're supposed to function, right? As long as life is plugged into the right source, life will function like it's supposed to function. But we know that in life, if we do not keep batteries charged in our, in our personal life, 
How many of you know the thing begins to break down? You know, if this battery wasn't charged or it was what I call trickle charged, man, we forgot to plug in the batteries. Let's plug them in real quick. We could be dead in the water at any moment. And I think sometimes we don't realize our lives are like that. If we are not plugged into the source of life being charged on a regular basis, we'll start breaking down. Our life will begin to fall apart. So we have to realize that we have to be plugged into the source. We have to be connected to it. Daily being plugged in to the source, staying connected to the Father is what's most important. Naturally, we get weaker and weaker unless we get recharged. That's how batteries work. Batteries have to continually be recharged for them to function like they're supposed to. We have to stay connected to the Father. So I just want to encourage you, this evening we are going to have a night of worship. I believe in that is going to be a time to recharge, to just be blessed in the presence of the Lord, just to be filled up. You know Monday's tomorrow, right? You can't hit pause <laughs> and extend the weekend. Monday's going to be here, but we've got to be able to recharge. So I'd encourage you, be here this evening. Hang out with us, worship. Just get recharged. Got one more example for you about giving life and maintenance and taking care of yourself. So uh, my new truck gives me these warnings about the oil life. Yeah, any of y'all's vehicles have that? It actually, so, so check this out. These are two lights that illuminated on this trip this week. Oil change required. So I'm like, hey, that's cool. I, I need an oil change. I'm not sure how much oil life, but when you get your oil change, you reset the timer so it's tracking the mileage so it knows how much engine oil life you have left. <laughs> Can y'all read that other one on the right? Percent of oil life remaining. What does it say? It's a big goose egg, right? That's like something I would yell at my wife for. Why in the world did you wait so long to get the oil change? So now I'm going to help some of you ladies. You're like, I don't have any clue what the heck oil is, where it goes, what it does. Okay, so oil works in the system of the engine, and it, and it causes everything to lubricate and work good. But as those parts move, and over time it has deposits and it has buildup, and it can cause your engine to really not work correctly. Grit and grime and all of these things get, in, get ingested into the engine by the moving parts. So what you're supposed to do before it hits zero, all that husband said amen, um, you're supposed to drain the oil, change the filter, put a new filter, put new oil in it, just make sure you put the cap back on before... They start pouring new oil and all your new oil will be on the floor. But we have to realize that this is preventative maintenance on an engine. The engine is built to run, but there's certain things that you have to do to make sure the engine runs efficiently. Our spiritual life is exactly the same. Sometimes there's sediment. Sometimes there's things that need to be removed. And over time, we're going to build up gunk. We're going to build up grime. You know, over time, it's just going to happen. But we have to allow the Spirit of God to really just flush our systems and say, Lord, all of this stuff. You know, it's, it's almost like I see it as, you know, spiritual oil change. But how do we do that? I really believe that it's just like we just we see the waterfall of God's presence. All you got to do is get under that waterfall and allow it to do its work. It's not so much what we do. It's just saying, Lord, here I am. And you know how many have you ever had the privilege of standing under a waterfall or or maybe at a hotel, something that has an awesome shower head full of pressure. Let me try to relate. Maybe we hadn't all gone away. But where you're just like, man, I wish my house was like this. It's almost like knock you over power. It's like it's connected straight to the fire hydrant. I don't know how the heck they get that much water pressure. Right? But, you know, it's just, it's just standing there and allowing the water 
a.k.a. the Word, to wash over you. To allow the life of Christ to come into you. To change every facet of who you are. You have to realize that if you're navigating your life in any other way than through Jesus, you will get lost. We say, hey, I got ways. Hey, I got Siri. I got Alexa. They're going to help me out. Do you got Jesus today? Because ultimately, he's the only one that will navigate you in a way where if you pay attention, you will not get lost. Actually, you might even get found along the trail of life, minding your own business. Say, man, I've went this way my whole life. And then all of a sudden, there was an encounter with God along the way. And it changed everything. That's the kind of God we serve. That's what he does. So Jesus said, what? Follow me. He promises to show you the way. He says, I am the way. He actually knows the way. Jesus said, I am the truth. You can trust him. He is trustworthy. And you know that it says, in God we actually live and move and exist, or we have our being, according to Acts 17, 28. In Him is the only way we really have real life. You guys stand up with me as we close. You know, God really wants to reveal any falsehood in your life. He wants to give you the directions you've been looking for. You know, my truck, it's been a blessing, but the, the verbal navigation side is so finicky. I'm like, hey, call Morgan Wolf, and it's like calling Bill Clinton. I'm like, or it'll say, which one did you say? And it'll have all this list, and it's like, if it's none of these, say none of these. And I'm like, it's none of those. I don't think I am butchering the English language that bad. So I think sometimes there's that breakdown, and then there's that frustration. But let me tell you, when you ask God for directions, he never misinterprets what you say, but he sees the heart. But it requires you to say, Lord, how do I find you? Or Lord, these potholes, I don't know how to avoid him, avoid them. And he will recalculate your course and he will change your path and he will direct you every single step of the way. This is the only way we don't get lost. I don't need a map. I don't need directions. I'll get there on my own. Said many of people that went to hell at heaven's gates. Because Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You cannot do it without him. So all you got to do is ask for directions. Ask the Holy Spirit to be your audible navigation. He'll give you directions right before you need them. You know, that's the other thing about navigation systems. If I got 153 miles to go, it doesn't say exit right in 153 miles. <laughs> exit right at 152 miles. I'd get so mad I'd turn that thing off. No, it warns me about a quarter of a mile before the exit. 
But some of us really get frustrated and say, God, I want to know when my exit is at 153 miles away. But God says, in the moment right now, you keep the course because I haven't asked you to get off the freeway yet. We know that where he's going to take us is good, right? We trust him. It says that, you know, he's the way, the truth. So, I mean, if he's all truth, if he's good, if he loves me. Hey, we know that that's the only way. I can't back up. I can't go left. I can't go right. So I'm in this ride. So all I do now is what? i got to surrender my life. But he is the way. He is the truth. And guess what? He is the life. So this morning, God wants to do some spiritual engine maintenance in your life. He wants to just wash over you. Cleanse you. Some of you might be driving around with a flat tire. You know you can get, a, get get there a lot better if you have four good tires. But you've been driving around so long with that flat tire, you don't you thought it was normal. God wants to fix what's broken. He wants to replace what's wore out. You know what God does sometimes? He promises just to give us a brand new car. What am I talking about? What are you talking about, Pastor Noah? It says that he actually takes our heart of stone and he gives us a brand new one. It'd be one thing to put band-aids or fix it or super glue, whatever it needs. But he says, no, 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 no. I'm just going to take that old one. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to give you something brand new. You ever tried to fix an old car that's almost beyond repair? Keep trying to fix it. It keeps stuff, keeps breaking. It's when it's almost time to say, Lord, I'm just going to take it to the junkyard. But if you'll take your junk to the junkyard, you'll drive out with something brand new. So he gives us navigation. He gives us revelation. And he gives us salvation. And all of us need all three today. Amen. If we can pray for you in any way this morning, we have prayer teams available for you. Now, I know I said a lot, kind of short, sweet, to the point. See how long? 41 minutes. So there's plenty of time. You don't have to get in a hurry. You don't have to run home. If there's something that we can pray with you for, please stick around. We'd love to spend some time with you. But I hope this morning that you refocus your eyes. And just on that destination, put Jesus on there. And allow him to navigate every step of the way. Amen. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are the way, that you are the truth, and you are the life. Father, in you we are never lost, but thank God we can be found. Lord, I pray that you would just show us those areas of our life where we need to trust you. Lord, today the areas in our life that you want to work on and that you want to change, we give you the freedom to do that. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our life, even if we're reluctant. Father, you kind of sometimes cause us to be dependent on you. So, Father, we trust you. Lord, I thank you that you know the way, that you are trustworthy. And, Father, in you we have our being. Father, as we go from this place, help us be mindful that we are sons and daughters of the King. And Father, you can show us what to do and when to do it. Lord, I thank you. 
Lord, that we were blind, but now we see. And our hope and our trust is in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.